Hello and welcome to So Good We Named It, the first Golden Girls and Golden Palace podcast. And to my knowledge, the first Golden Girls or Golden Palace podcast with black hosts. I'm Barrett. And I'm Kay. Welcome back, Kay. You were gone for two whole episodes. I didn't know uh, what happened to you. I thought maybe you went the way of uh, Aunt Angela and we just would never see you again and we'd replace you with the male counterpart. Um, I was actually touring the islands of Peru because oh. I have an illustrious lifestyle. Wow. Well, we're glad to have you back. <laughs> and this is quite an honor to have a very extra special guest co-host, the Matt Browning. And oh, I just happen to have this. I go to bed with it every night. The definitive Golden Girls cultural reference guide. Welcome, Matt Browning. Hopefully you don't just use it to prop up your, uh, your bed frame. <laughs> Uh, not going to lie, I don't read it that much because I don't want to mess it up, but I will have it with me so I can at least get it signed. And if you don't put in there, I've inspired you more than you'll ever know, I will be offended. Um, but thank you for coming to the show. Would you like to give us a little plug, all your many things you do? Yeah, um, I have been operating for like 25 years, uh, emptinesstv.com. The only, to my knowledge, <laughs> website devoted to the Golden Girls spinoff show. I've been a lifelong fan of all of those Miami sitcoms, which uh, led me to write the Dependent of Golden Girls Cultural Reference Guide. Now that is a feat 20-something years running this website. 1998. Where are we now? Uh, so, 2022. Almost. That is, that is commitment. I don't know if we'll be doing this 22 years from now, <laughs> um, but... I actually don't remember my grandmother or anybody watching Golden Girls, which is everybody's stock thing to say, but I do remember her watching Emptiness. That I mm. specifically recall. So I was familiar with the show, and I used to get these uh, TV theme song CDs. Those were the CDs I was buying, nothing else. And one of them had the Emptiness song, which I you know, memorized, and I'd be singing along, not even knowing you know, much about the show. So then when I started following you and you kept raving about it, I did go, as I told you, and watch all the clips with Sophia from when she was added to the show. But I was like, I cannot add another show to my roster that I need to keep up with. <laughs> However, when you said you would do the show, you suggested some episodes. So now I feel like I have to finish because the ones that I saw um, were pretty entertaining. So... Um, what is it I'm about? I'm to give you some of the best. Right. Some of the best. These, were, these are pretty good. And I did venture off on my own a little bit, and I still was, was not disappointed. What is it about emptiness specifically that just has this hold on you? Um, you know, I loved it as a kid. But back in those days, the shows were a package deal. You, you watched one and you watched the other. You know, they were sort of one thing in my mind. But when I turned like 17, 18, I got my first computer in the 90s. Instead of looking up like porn or whatever, <laughs> I, was up, I was looking up Golden Girls and Empty Nest at age 17, 18. And even then, um, Golden Girls was everywhere online. There were fan sites all over the place, but nothing for Empty Nest. So I thought, okay, I'll just do one myself, figuring it would be a silly little waste of, you know, a couple of weeks in the summertime. But like I said, 25 years later, it's still here. It really took off. And I kind of became the flag bearer, I guess, in a lot of ways for Empty Nest when nobody else was doing it. The trailblazer. Right. I mean. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I do feel like it is ridiculous in hindsight that it does not get anywhere near the same 
fanfare. I don't think it should necessarily be as popular. I don't know if I need a Barbara on a coffee mug, but mm-hmm. it still is part of the universe and just the times where they just, you know, come into the show like Sophia in the Hurricane episode and she comes in to tell Harry about the hurricane. It's like a whole other part of their world that we otherwise would never know anything about. And to be able right. to connect it all and with nurses, which I've never seen. I'm like, Hulu, what are you doing? That's why I'm always retweeting and, and everything. If I was using my own Hulu account, I would have said something to them, but I'm on someone else's. So I feel like I <laughs> don't want to bring too much attention, but I, I commend your efforts. And when it does happen, because we're speaking it into existence, you can uh, get all the accolades for that, for sure. You know, uh, people forget it hasn't had the longevity of the Golden Girls in terms of pop culture. And it wasn't as good. I'm not pretending that it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But people forget that, you know, back in the day, it was a popular top 10 show and eventually even earned more ratings than the Golden Girls. A lot of people don't know that one. Um, so, yeah, it definitely had its, its its day. It just hasn't fared as well, I guess, in reruns or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it also lasted longer and hopefully... You can't hear that. I don't know why the cats love to use the litter box when I'm recording. Any other time, they're fine. Um, well, but... My dog is at my bedroom door. I hope <laughs> um, that's not bothering people either, listeners. I, I definitely had a, a newfound appreciation. However, uh, Kay was telling me earlier that she was not a fan. And I said, well, well let's discuss with Matt, because I would love to know why you were not feeling it if you love the Golden Girls. <laughs> Why do you have to be problematic? Like you could have introduced that in a different way. I just want to get it out there now. I'm afraid I'm, I'm differently. I want to know. I mean, you know, I am very, very biased against the Golden Girls, and I absolutely love the show and everything that they do. I have a hard time. I don't want to say accepting change, but like <laughs> I'm just used to one thing with them, and so when you incorporate other characters, I'm like, I don't even know these people. So. <laughs> I'll give it another chance, but on the first, you know, go around and I watched a couple episodes, I'm like, this isn't the Golden Girls. (laughs) I mean, I get that. And I I feel like a lot of spinoffs can never move away from the show that they came from. But I think this does stand alone. Now, the constant scenes with the the girls, of course, brings you back to the fact that it's a spinoff. But I think it I think it speaks for itself. Wouldn't you say, Matt? Yeah, it does. I mean, especially in the beginning, you know, the Golden Girls were popping over all the time because it tried to establish itself. But Mm. as it went on, you know, they became less reliant on their lead in and really became their own sort of show. Um, But then again, towards their end, they brought Sophia on full time. So (laughs) yeah, they came right back to to where it started to go back to their uh, their former life. And I forgot that Barbara and um, Carol didn't always live there. And even though I never watched it, I pride myself on knowing about every TV show regardless. Um, And seeing the first couple episodes and they're just like, oh, I popped in to give you groceries. I popped in to do this. I see why they eventually had to come back because you can only pop in so many times. But I did used to think, why is it called Empty Nest when they live with him? The nest is not empty. But now I see it originally was. I don't know if you have any backstory about that. Well, you hit the nail on the head, you know, for the first probably half of the first season, they didn't live with Dr. West and he was experiencing the emptiness syndrome and he was a widower and he was trying to get back into dating and blah, blah, blah. But to get the two girls over to the house, they had to come over for a reason. So they had to spend Mm -hmm. a lot of time giving them a reason to come over to see daddy 24 hours a day. So for the stories to work, they eventually moved to them back into the house 
So then the whole emptiness concept sort of took on a different ironic kind of vibe because then you had your adult children moving back in with their parents, which sort of was a thing at the time and it's still a thing today, I guess, mm-hmm. to some degree. Um, yeah, the show Indebted that had Fran Drescher, uh, it's kind of a similar thing, except the parents moved in with the kids, but it's like, you know, we still have these, uh, you know, multi-generational houses and another show, I forget the name of it, Crowded. Uh, both of these shows only lasted like 12 episodes, but it was the same thing, the parents and then their kids and then their parents. And I think that's something that you continue to see throughout TV because it's something that happens. And this is probably one of the first ones that really mm-hmm. uh, showed it as a realistic thing because I'm sure they didn't have to live there. I don't know what uh, Carol does, but she seems to have a job. And I know Barbara's a cop, so they probably don't have to, to live there. Um, Carol but... had all kinds of jobs over the course of the seven years. But yeah, they did a whole episode of why they had to move back in and it was um, Carol was just lonely. And nothing better to do. Barbara had like a bunch of credit card debt that was catching up to her. So for those reasons, they moved back in. Do you think the show could have worked had they kept them separate? (sighs) Probably not. Because they would have still had to do that reasoning for them to pop over, right? Um, It just makes sense in a sitcom, especially when you got 22 minutes. Right. To have your characters sort of in one location together so that they can interact. Exactly. I mean, the Golden Girls, if they were all just neighbors, it would have been a completely different show because so much of it came from them living together. Um, I do want to ask you, let me scroll up and see what I had uh, posed to you previously. Um, The original concept, the, you know, very hated Empty Nest episode, do you think it could have worked at all with that original concept with Isaac Newton and uh, Rita Moreno? (laughs) Sir Isaac Newton. (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't think it could have. I mean, Rita Moreno can carry a show. There's no question about that. But that particular show sucked. It, it did. <laughs> um, and I know there's history it too. with um, it, um, but I just can't see how it even made it on TV. Like, did they not watch it back? Well, apparently, as the legend goes, Susan Harris, who wrote and created all of these shows, um, you know, she was going through empty nest syndrome in real life is why she developed the idea. But I guess the week of the taping, they were, she was very, very ill. Oh. I don't know, maybe with chronic fatigue, right? Yeah. Cause she really had that. So she wasn't there and she wasn't able to fix all the problems it had. That's what Rita Moreno blamed it on. Um, but again, even the care, like the guy with the split personalities. Like, I feel like that nothing worked. Yeah, that's so gimmicky. Like really, really nothing about it at all worked. Um, and I and just... even um, Paul Dooley, the guy that played the husband and Isaac Newton, good actor, but I don't, not terribly funny. I don't think he's pretty dull. Um, I don't yeah. see him as a leading man <laughs> at all. No, and there they had no chemistry. There's just so many things. Do you think that with the emptiness we originally got that? he could have still had a wife, even if not Rita Moreno, and it would have still worked? Or do you think she needs to be dead regardless for it to, to do? <laughs> not it? dead. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> That's a good question. I can't, I can't not picture Harry Weston being the widower and that being such a part of what that show was. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, I feel like That's it, I feel like it works the way that it eventually became, that there's nothing about the original that really needed to stay, except for the house, which they kept. But other than that, um, I mean, the exterior was different, if I recall correctly. But other than that, it was all changed, and I think it was for the better. It's one of the few times you see a backdoor pilot 
and they actually make it way better and completely different when it does come to series. Usually they either forget about it or they just keep the crappy idea and let it get canceled. Um, so I, I do appreciate it. It's kind of surprising uh, they even that. brought it to series after that. But, but Richard Mulligan back in those days was like so beloved after Soap. But yeah, I, I was not super familiar with him, him back on TV. Um, until I did look more into Empty Nest um, a while ago and realized he was on that show, which I know Susan was over. So it made sense because to me, it's just some random guy. But now that I know it's, you know, somebody that previously had a big show, just like um, on Golden Girls, that's part of the appeal to bring you in of, oh, they're back on TV with this new show. So that alone right. would draw people. I don't know if Isaac had a show before, but I don't <laughs> think he did. Um, so I do think well, Christine so much McNichol, work. too, was a big teen star in the 70s. So that was sort of her return. That I don't think I knew. I, I know that she did some stuff because I did look up like why she retired, but I didn't really know much about what she did before. So, um, you know, that definitely makes sense as well. So I feel like all the little parts, I don't know of anything else David Leisure was in, but I feel like I've seen him in other stuff too. So he was famous at that time for being um, in a series of Isuzu. Um, That's right. That's what TV commercials playing this smarmy lying salesman character named Joe Isuzu. So which actually got a reference on the Golden Girls in one of those episodes, if you remember. I'm I don't know. I'm gonna have to look. All I recall is and Dorothy was uh, going to dinner with I think she was going to dinner with Stan when he was trying to press impress the Japanese salesman. Oh I think and I remember. he was like you Mr. Must Yamagachi who wasn't played by an Asian actor. <laughs> mm. um, I think you're thinking of Mr. Yamamoto. Yokomoto. Yeah, yeah, who yeah. Who was yeah. going to buy the house. I think that's who that was. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But yeah, that was David Leister's claim to fame. Um, being like a, a TV I, pitch game. But I, I feel like I can see a lot of that in that character as well, which yeah. maybe that's just his, his thing. You know, what works, works. Um, but I will say that, um, I'm skipping around a little bit, but I watched the episode with, um, B. Arthur or Dorothy's so-called nephew. Who, who, what nephew? Is it the dog groomer that Phil had, or is it, uh, one of, uh, Gloria's rich kids? I guess that part's irrelevant, but, uh, see, I kind of assume Gloria. I mean, I would hope so. I can't imagine any of Phil's kids would be good enough. Um, mm -hmm. but <laughs> it was nice to see her without the other girls i felt like she was more confident and in command without somebody ripping on her constantly um it was a different side of dorothy i guess um, i always thought her and harry weston might have made a nice couple they always did seem to have a little bit of chemistry because i know Blanche mm -hmm. would always throw herself at him i don't know if rose ever really making a move uh, but i feel like they could have worked now that's what the finale should have been she should have married harry weston Maybe that'll be my new fanfic. Um, but and really, if Emptiness had stopped after its fourth season, because those last three seasons were where things were pretty shaky every year. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that both shows got revamped, and um, I know that part of why they went to CBS for Golden Palace is because they couldn't commit to a full season. But you retooled Emptiness, so why the hell not? I don't know why it made a difference. Or they could have just combined the two for one big power hour. They could have done what if they wanted. Um, yeah, I love Marshall Warfield. Stayed on NBC. I think they would have lasted a few years. I think it would have gotten at least three seasons, um, my personal opinion. But I feel like once they left, it was the domino effect. And, you know, nurses mm. left and all of that type of thing, unfortunately. Um, I wanted to ask you how you feel about the various guest spots overall of all the girls on the show. And the Empty Nest characters on Golden Girls. Um. I think my favorite is the one when Rose and Harry get into a car accident. 
don't know if you had a chance to watch that. I one. did not see that. I've heard of that one, but I have not watched it yet. It's pretty consistently funny, and she's actually a part of the story. Now, when Sophia popped on in the early years, she was like really just the cameo. She was like the quick hurricane cameo. Mm-hmm. Didn't really have any impact on the story. Um, but Rose, that particular episode, the name of it has flown out of my head, but it's a really good episode. Um, there's the one where Blanche comes over and she like mercilessly throws herself at Harry and trying to get him to go out with her. It's so distasteful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was funny. It was funny, but it was like Blanche full speed ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, was it worse than when they had the baby? She did. Huh? Is it worse than when they had the baby and um, she was trying to flirt with Harry while the little kid had the fever? Oh, you know what? Maybe it's like 20 minutes of that. Oh. <laughs> it sounds about right. Kind of. um, I like the Dorothy episode for the same reasons that you just said. Um, she and she, Rue and B only did the one crossover each. And I think Betty did three. And Estelle did maybe two before she joined mm-hmm. full time. I can see Betty doing three. I feel like Betty White would do anything. She just loved, you know, being on screen. So I can see her being the one if they say, hey, who wants to do Empty Nest? She's probably like, oh, me, I'll do it. And if you notice, like when Harry West and and Dreyfus come over to the girl's house, she interacts with the dog right away every time. Yeah, that's true. She loved animals. She Mm -hmm. she really uh, did. In real life. That's a good actor, uh, the the dog. When I was watching it today and my dog was in the bed, I'm like, this could have been you, but I don't think you follow (laughs) cues as well. Like when he uh, went in the cabinet and pulled the little towel to close it because the hurricane was coming. I'm like, now that's an actor. Um, He did that joke a lot. The dog got super popular back in the day. He was on the cover of TV Guide like three or four times. Surprised they didn't have stuffed animals of Dreyfus. Missed opportunity. Is that the same dog mm-hmm. throughout the whole show? Do you know? So the, the dog that played him primarily was named Bear in real life. And he had a brother who sort of stood in for Dreyfus sometimes. Um, who was on the Golden Girls when Sophia bought the other dog at the pet store because she thought she lost Dreyfus. Oh, that was that dog kind of stood in for Dreyfus every now and then. Um, but primarily it was the dog named Bear. So if you think of Dreyfus, it's Bear you're probably thinking of. Okay, your dog's name Bear. Maybe he can be on a show sometime. I don't know if he can follow His name is directions. Bear. He's not mannerable. Yeah, no, not can't. like Dreyfus. Um, I do feel you know, like... The question I used to get most on my website was what breed of dog is Dreyfus? I got that so many times, so I tried to plaster it all over the website so people wouldn't have to ask. I did see something about that today, and I was like, I never even knew that was a mix. It was Golden Retriever and something else. like uh, And St. Bernard. Yeah, St. Bernard. St. Bernard, yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, that I wouldn't even think of that. And I guess I've never seen another dog that looks like Dreyfus, so that does make sense. Um, and I always wanted one when I was little because he was so unique looking. And so well-mannered. Uh, gentle giants, I might say. I do think mm-hmm. that the cameos were better versus like TGIF and Urkel would just pop up at the full house set and, you know, vice versa. And it was more so just like, hey, I'm on this other show. Now I'm on this one. Everybody laugh. Goodbye. I feel like they actually seem like neighbors. And the little bit that I yeah. saw of Carol and Barbara and Harry on Golden Girls was enough, you know, for me to be in- interested um, you know, like the uh, episode, I think it was the Moonlight Madness. And she's like, oh, she laughed about it. And she's like, oh, I'm going to go and, uh, you know, get her. That that was funny. And it made me want to watch the show because if they're this funny in these little parts, I can only imagine a full show. Do you think those are accurate portrayals of the characters from Empty Nest when we see them on Golden Girls? For the most part, they always sort of wrote Carol kind of annoying in her little snake scene <laughs> there. 
Um, but her character was supposed to be annoying. She was like super neurotic and nuts. So the Carol and Barbara characters were sort of developed to be adversarial and play off of each other um, and really just not get along. So that was a source of, of a lot of the jokes and storylines. Um, so when Christy McNichol left, Diana Madoff said half my act left and things were never the same once mm. she was gone. And, and that's true. They lost really a lot of what made the show work when she when she stepped away. Yeah. Um, and then to add all these other characters, the dynamic just still wouldn't be there. And um, I feel like so much of the Golden Girls is based on, you know, Blanche is a slut. Dorothy's, you know, allegedly ugly and manly. And Sophia's uh, mean old lady. Rose is dumb. But I feel like mm-hmm. in the bits that I've seen, they don't really harp on those types of things as much. It's just comedy for whatever's going on this in the situation. Um, mm-hmm. I do feel like they lean on the country bumpkin stuff a little bit with um, Park Overall's character, but in general, I didn't see a lot of that. Is that a good you know depiction, or did I just not get the right episodes? You know, Park Overall kind of made it her mission to defend the integrity of Southern characters on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she did it at the expense of being a pain in the ass to work with a lot of the time, (laughs) which she will say herself. Um, But that's one of the things that drew me to the show is that I'm from Appalachia, right? And her character was from Arkansas, but Park Overall is from Tennessee and I'm from West Virginia. Hmm. So it's like, as a kid, it's like, here's somebody that sounds like me and the people I'm around starring on a TV show. And she's not just a joke, you know, she, Mm -hmm she's a badass and that was really cool to see um but apparently she had to fight for um for keeping her with some integrity i think Mm -hmm. i read that on your website i read it somewhere and i can't imagine who else would have been talking about that but you so it probably was your website (laughs) and i but i will say towards the end like towards the marshall warfield era like marshall warfield was great but when they brought that character on she sort of inherited a lot of the no-nonsense toughness that Laverne used to have. So then what, uh, right? Then the country bumpkin stuff really amped up. Too many chefs in the kitchen at that point. Um, Initially, I think it was the first episode and a few of the other ones, there was a lot of that, you know, eating roadkill type of thing. And I thought about your uh, article, and I'm like, well, I thought she was against this, but maybe it was too early on for her to, you know, want to make a There's a line in the pilot. That might be the one you're talking about. And it was pretty stereotypically southern humor but she really um probably as the show went on probably really stood up for that kind of behind the scenes yeah i didn't really think about the fact that we do always see those characters portrayed as dumb like charlene from uh uh designing women i don't know why that's always the assumption um i'm Mm -hmm. just thinking of all the characters now now that we're talking about it so i guess this would just be one of them maybe reba's the one that broke the mold uh, with that, but which Park also was on for a while, but then disappeared, <laughs> and I guess Reba had no more friends anymore. But um, <laughs> I, I wonder, like, do you think that it could have continued at the same pace without the complete change of adding Marshall Warfare, adding Sophia? Do you think it could have just progressed on what they were doing even without that other character, Barbara? Um. So when. Christy McNichol left, it was like early into the fifth season. So then what do you do, right? When one of your main cast members vanishes. So it was supposed to just be temporary. So they cast 
what was previously an off-screen third sister named Emily. Um, she was always mentioned, but she was never seen on screen. She was always at school. So they tried introducing her and really it was pretty good. I mean, but the problem was she had impossible shoes to fill, right? Mm -hmm. And nobody was going to suddenly take to this character we knew nothing about. Mm -hmm. um, so she didn't last very long. And then in the next season is when they brought on Sophia. So it was a familiar face, but still just wasn't in very good health by that point, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you watch them, you can kind of tell she wasn't really there for storylines. She was just there to give Carol somebody to talk to at the house. Um, so if they weren't going to get Christy back, I think they could have maybe kept on the other sister um, and had a little bit more of a storyline drive versus trying to just shoehorn Sophia in for some familiarity, I guess. Right. I mean, I'm always happy to get any little, you know, sliver of extra Golden Girls, but in a way it kind of kills the, you know, legacy of the character that she mm -hmm. went from this, you know, really important part of the show to just being the Urkel, basically, of Empty yeah. Nest. And they also could have explained what happened after Golden Palace. Like, did no one on set <laughs> say, like, hey, can we just throw in one line at all? But no, just no explanation. Back to Shady Pines you go, which I think I don't is know if it was because they were on a different network, if that was an issue in those days. I don't know. But, yeah, it was no explanation at all. <laughs> like, they get a, a, a real finale. The Golden Girls really didn't because they knew Golden Palace was coming. And right. I think that's that would have been a ratings hit if they at least had the other girls come on there and explain something. But what do I know? I, know. I really feel like they missed it to bring one of them back, any of them mm -hmm. back for some sort of guest appearance, you know. I mean, or sometimes I wonder, like, what if Betty had joined the show instead of hmm. Estelle? That would have been interesting. I feel like she would have had I don't know how they would have done that. But... She could have married Harry. Marry Harry, marry Harry, <laughs> a little rhyme. Um, but, you know, these are just ideas for my Golden Girls Emptiness fan fiction coming soon. Um, I wanted to ask you, what do you think about Laverne's stories versus St. Olaf's stories? Well, I mean, come on. Nothing's going to be a St. Olaf story. Nothing. Uh, True. Definitely. And I feel like... Well, Laverne the... was from Hickory, Arkansas. Um, so she was always telling these crazy stories of her hillbilly friends and relatives from back home. Funny and enjoyable. Um, but, you know, they didn't use that quite as often as the Golden Girls did with the St. Olaf stories. I mean, there's St. Olaf's came up almost every episode. Mm -hmm. The Hickory stories were sort of peppered throughout, but there are some great ones. There are some really funny ones. Um, but again, towards the last couple of seasons, they kind of just got lame. <laughs> They're just throwing it in there just to throw it in there. Um, yeah. I didn't notice before, but there's a lot of Golden Girls, like set stuff and props like the, the chairs from the kitchen are in the back. And then at another point I saw um, when the sorority episode happened, that's where they did the murder mystery dinner. That's also Grammy's plantation. So it's good to know they keep all of that uh, recycling going, as I discussed on the last episode. Their carbon footprint is going to be very low. And Harry well, also... All the stores are all over the place. True. Um, and Harry has um, a, like a pitcher for orange juice that I also have. Um, and I looked it up, and apparently it's from the 60s, so maybe it's worth something, but I noticed it in the pilot, so great job set design, you have great taste. Um, <laughs> I find it interesting that they change not only the theme song, but the intro, and again, the Golden Girls, they didn't get that. We see a few clips 
thrown in there, but I guess I assume they're both from the same people. Why is this show treated so differently? I don't know if, if you have any insight on that. I don't know, really. I know Emptiness changed the first time during its third season, which would have been the Golden Girls' sixth season. So maybe in the era, maybe in the era but back in that day, that's what everybody did was change stuff every year. Um, and then in our fourth season, they totally sped up the theme song and made it much more like jazzier and a beat. But I think I kind of like the original one better myself. Yeah, I guess maybe more so that's a 90s thing of, you know, having a, to revamp the intro every year and the Golden Girls, they were like, well, we're almost done. So who cares? And they started doing the, uh, the tag scenes on the end when it was a real scene over the closing credits. Um, I think yeah, Emptiness was, started doing that a little bit before Golden thing. Girls did too. For sure. But that was very much an early 90s sitcom thing to do. And of course, none of those I ever saw watching it on Lifetime. It wasn't until the no. DVDs. Right. It used to drive like me crazy when they would play stuff over those. Um, I'm curious, why do you think none of the girls ever dated Harry? And do you think it could have worked with any of them? I'm, I feel like it's going to be Dorothy based on our earlier conversation. Um, but do you think it could have worked with any of them outside of Dorothy or just Dorothy? Um, probably just Dorothy. But then, I mean, so much of Empty Nest was about Harry going out on dates. So they couldn't really put him in a serious, serious relationship, I guess, and still have stories to tell. But I think, yeah, if, if both shows were ready to end when Golden Girls ended, marrying the two of them would have been a cool way to do it. Because like I said, too, back in that era, like they were a package deal. You watched one, you watched the other. Right. Or they so could have at least dated for one. made sense because you were already watching, right? You knew who they were. Yeah, I really would expect um, them yeah. to have dated him at least, you know, even if it was one episode, just the fact that they were all, you know, always trying to find a, a boyfriend at some point, and he was an eligible doctor down the street. I'm like, why is this not being seriously entertained by any of them other than Blanche? Although I think she wanted to do more than date. Uh, but yeah. it just always would strike me as odd that it was never explored at all, really. But maybe there's a reason for that. Um, they didn't Harry was to... very conservative a very conservative character and Blanche was just too wild for him, I think. True. But Dorothy and him would have they would have they would have worked. I mean he <laughs> went a year and didn't um have sex with that doctor in the pilot. Yeah. They, they were dating. That was Which funny odd. thing that actress um in the finale played Laverne's mom. Oh. They just had to bring mm. her back one last time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is odd. I mean I don't know if I'd be telling a man I want him to marry me when he wouldn't even call it a date or have sex with me after a year, but, you know, that's just me. I mean, I thought it was kind of odd that they did it. They went out every Friday night or whatever for a year, and the subject of them being dates had never come up before she brought it up. And his wife had only been dead 18 months, so at that point, they started dating after six months. I mean, it wasn't when the ambulance came like Blanche. Uh, but it is a little early, but I will say I loved her apartment, and that is a set I don't think I have seen before. So I was immediately impressed. I'm like, wow, this is for the pilot? Mm, big budget. Um, have you seen the Emptiness House in person? I have not, but it's like two miles away from the real Golden Girls house. Which I recently found out, and I was shocked to learn that they really were neighbors. Um, I, I had this guy email my website once and telling me all about the house because his cousin or somebody lived there. Um, and he told me the address, but then he was like, please don't share it for their privacy. So I didn't. But then this big article came out where these people on this 
TV blog or something found it and posted all about it. Yeah, I think that's oh, when wow. I looked at it. I think it's called like I Am yeah. Not a Stalker or something. And they literally just look for all the houses from TV shows and post about them, which is good to know, you know, for someone who loves TV. But, you know, unfortunate for whoever lives there. I personally mm-hmm. think HGTV should purchase both houses and redo them to match the inside like they did the Brady Bunch house. But, you know. Again, I did doing? scroll over on the Google Street View to see if the house they used for Charlie was really next door, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot that he did live next door. Why was he always home if he was supposed to be on a cruise ship? Is that explained? Yeah, that's another one of those <laughs> suspension of disbelief. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know if maybe they explained it and I missed it. Um, no, they never did. I've talked about um, when I was on Enough Wicker about how men cheating is seen as so normal and in the little bit I watched of this show, it seems to be the same thing. Carol, big part of her character is the fact that she was cheated on. And then, spoiler alert, uh, Laverne's husband cheats on her. And again, it's just like, well, you know, that's what happens. Do yeah. you feel like that's a continuing theme on that show as well? That that's just, you know, how it is? I guess so. I guess you saw that a lot back then, didn't you? Now that you point that out. Well, look at Charlie as a character. He was always... He wasn't really in relationships to cheat per se, but he was always just the smarmy, sleazy, skirt chasing mm-hmm. character that you used to see back then. You really couldn't or shouldn't get away with that today. And you maybe know? it's just a sign of the times. And every time you say Charlie, I think of Charlie Nyland. Like, when was he on here? Instantly. They couldn't think of I another name. <laughs> um, but I, I do. watch Frasier, like the character Bulldog, reminded me a lot of Charlie. Just that. I have not. Is that another show I'm going to have to binge now at your suggestion? I got to get through this one first uh, before I can get over (laughs) there. But um, I do wonder, do we ever see Laverne's husband or was he like a a Phil that we just hear about? No, he was in like three or four episodes. Um, He was played by Christopher McDonald. He's been in tons of stuff that I am blanking on what it was now. Grease 2, if you ever saw Grease 2. I I have not, not yet. It's on my watch Uh, list. Everything's on your watch yeah. list. Look um, him up. Look him up. He was in all kinds of stuff. Um, but and I don't know why. I don't. Maybe it was just the story idea was to sort of make Laverne vulnerable because she really wasn't a vulnerable character. Um, so that was probably didn't have to do uh, that to her. Um, do they get back together, or is this a permanent thing? No. Damn, that no. seems unnecessary. The one happily married person on the show, and they're like, "Nope, we're gonna get rid of that too." Yeah, so they had her go on some dates, you know, in subsequent seasons. But spoiler alert, she does does get into a relationship in the final season. Um, well, at least she finally. I, I could spoil the finale if you want me to. <laughs> I've seen a few bits. I feel like I have to at least go watch that so I, I'm prepared. Um, but I just assume because every episode I watched um, the last couple days, he wasn't in it. And she kept talking about him like, oh, this is another Stanley Walker or just somebody that they're always going to talk about. So I'm very shocked to learn that we do, in fact, see him, which makes me more outraged. I can, you know, take being cheated on by someone we don't see, but we grew to love you, I assume. Uh, Laverne's husband, and this is what you do to us. Does he ever even come back to explain himself, or they're just... The audacity. Um, His mother appears on a later episode, and she... I watched that one. Has no idea they've even split up, so that was that storyline. I saw her in the Hurricane episode. Is that when we find that out? Or did no. she come back another time? Um, she comes back in one of the later seasons. 
Okay. Because I forget that their later seasons are not the girls' later seasons because I'm, like, mm-hmm. putting them in the same timeline. But they lasted, like, a, three years after that, right? Didn't 95? Yeah. She came back. The mother-in-law came back during the Sophia era of emptiness. <laughs> Which is crazy mm-hmm. to think that she was Sophia for 10 years and on Blossom. You know, she got a lot of mileage out of that uh, character. <laughs> Do they... Um, I know they don't really mention what happens to anybody, but do you recall any mention at all of the other girls from her? Or does she just act like that life never happened? There weren't any Blanche or Rose ones, but they would make Dorothy jokes every now and then. Um, Nothing very memorable, and it was just like a throwaway line. But yeah, Dorothy probably maybe three times over the course of her two seasons. So B just couldn't and it was catch always a break. Like, you know, Dorothy did this back in the day or kind of things. Because Carol was, the whole sixth season, Carol was going through a pregnancy. So it was a lot of Sophia's pregnancy. She would kind of Wasn't recollect. Wasn't she her Lamaze coach? I think I saw that. Yes. Of all people. That was in an episode of Nurses. So they crossed, <laughs> Sophia and Carol crossed over onto a Nurses where they went to Lamaze class with a Nurses character who was pregnant. Mm. And yeah, Sophia was supposedly Carol's. So I assume that um, she gets married. Does she still live in the house with her husband and this kid? So Carol did not get married. So in season five, they gave her a a boyfriend. And that's who she got pregnant by. But then he left. Oh. So she she stayed in the house with the baby and Harry. Jeez Louise. Does she ever (laughs) catch a break? She got left twice and this time she's pregnant? So, spoiler alert for listeners who have not seen the show, the, the finale is a double wedding, and Carol and Laverne both. Aww. That Her seems love. unrealistic that she get married <laughs> with her father's Jeez. nurse. But okay. You know, maybe something happened I didn't see in those eight seasons that would, you know, have that make sense. Because I haven't even seen them interact yet in the episode that I've seen, but maybe later oh, on. Oh, Carol and Laverne. Mm-hmm. It, the, the finale lays out how that happens yeah so it makes sense it's not just thrown together right okay i can accept that i suppose um (laughs) but at what point does laverne get to leave the hospital because again i mainly just saw her at the hospital except for with her mother-in-law when does she get to come over the house and get involved she does um not a whole heck of a lot but whenever the story i guess makes sense for her to do that um but yeah most of the time it was like Harry at home with Carol and Barbara Dreyfus or Harry at work with Laverne. And you had an A story or a B story in one of those locations. Gotcha. It's like if the A story was happening at home, the stuff at the hospital was like the B story or vice versa. I think I have to watch it again, you know, without the Golden Girls in mind, because so much of I'm like, oh, well, this if this was Golden Girls, this would be happening. This would be happening. But it's not Golden Girls. It's a different show. The font is the same in the credits, but that's about <laughs> it. Um, because I do feel like it's it's structured differently and um, just the dynamics and their interactions are differently because with Golden Girls, you know what you're going to get. You know Dorothy's going to give a look. You know that Sophia's going to have a a wisecrack, so you just get used to that. And maybe there's things like that in Empty Nest that as a longtime Mm. viewer, you may notice. I don't know. Um, But it's just all over the place for me as someone that doesn't usually watch it. Is that something that they kind of rely on the same things a lot like Golden Girls? Oh, yeah, it definitely sort of gets into its formula. Um, but we, you had the two sort of arenas of the show, the Weston House and, and the pediatrics office. Um, but it was always fun whenever they could find a reason for somebody other than Harry to be interacting with Laverne. 
Um, and I always enjoyed those episodes. They didn't come up a whole heck of a lot. One they did that was fun, and it was right towards the end. They had Charlie and Laverne sort of have a little uh-huh. spark between the two of them, and it, everybody was afraid they were going to start dating. And I'm like, well, that's this is the one it took us seven seasons to to get to, but it kind of worked, strangely mm-hmm. enough. Didn't he sleep with um, know, maybe that could have been an episode with Carol too? Mm-hmm. Didn't he sleep with Carol at some point? Yes. Also, oh, he just <laughs> you know worked his way through. Did Marshall Warfield get in on this, or did it stop at those? She didn't. But the Carol and Charlie characters were like head butting constantly, like they hated each other. Um, so when they did the episode that threw the two of them together, that was a really fun one to watch. And from what I understand, a very fun one for the two actors to play because they're like really good friends in real life. And Aww. it's both of theirs. They both called that one of their favorite episodes to to take i think i read that on your interview as well um that's the only reason i even know because i haven't seen that episode but i feel like a lot of shows do that like the nanny with niles and cc or living single with max and kyle it's always fun to get the characters that hate each other to end up falling in love or sleeping together and playing off of that dynamic so i'll allow it um i read in an article one time that when they were talking about how to end the show, one of the producers suggests Harry and Laverne get married. Mm, that's a little weird. And I think everybody said, no, that wouldn't work. And I don't think it would have. But I don't know. Laverne and Charlie, I mean, who knows? I feel like she's like another daughter to him. Yeah, that would have been super weird. Yeah, I'll stick they with They did do an episode where Laverne was having sex dreams about Harry. But it was just played for fun. And they didn't actually make out or anything. So... Yeah, good, good call not uh, pursuing that one, definitely. Uh, will there, there ever be a definitive emptiness cultural reference guide? No. A, because it doesn't have the fan base <laughs> and, and sales potential. But also because emptiness wasn't as observant, I guess, as a show as Golden Girls was. You know, it was more of the more typical sitcom of the eighties and early nineties and that it was good and it was funny, but it wasn't like a cultural touchstone and they weren't really trying to say something like the golden girls did, you know, it wasn't groundbreaking, I guess. Um, But they didn't have nearly, nearly as many of the actual pop culture references as golden girls. I don't think I heard any in any of the episodes I watched. And I feel like every golden girls episode has at least one so oh, yeah more than one i learned that when i was writing the book there was not an episode that didn't even the flashback clip shows yeah probably not enough for a book but maybe a pamphlet so i can kill my sister over it uh, <laughs> <laughs> what made you want to write your uh, golden girls book because i have watched the show forever and i would be like oh who who was that person let me google it or whatever and I thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool if there was a book that just had all of this information together for us? Um, and then I thought, well, hell, why don't I just write it? <laughs> I definitely am that person, you know, being born while the show was on. I don't know who a lot of these people are that they're talking about. So I will pause it and, you know, prior to the book, Google it so that it'll be funny to me. So I'll understand. And I did used to say they need a book. So I don't have to look all this up. So when I heard on Enough Wicker that an actual book was coming out, I think I pre-ordered it immediately so that I can now understand every single reference 
And like on the show the other day, I don't remember. Oh, Shinola. I was like, what the hell is Shinola? I bet it's in the book. And we both went and grabbed it. And we're like, oh, okay, now we get it. So I think it's the perfect companion piece uh, for anyone that calls themselves uh, a Golden Girls fan. Thank you, mother, for calling the middle of my show. No one else but her would. Not now, Ma. Uh, But I definitely think that, you know, I have all the books. Probably. I don't, I've never cooked anything out of the cookbook. And, you know, much of this is just for show uh, as part of my you shrine. Have a problem. I know, I do. Who are you to judge me? But um, <laughs> this is a book you will actually use. Any other book, you might read fun facts and things like that, but you literally can use this, utilize it as you're watching the show. So I think that's what sets it apart. I don't think there's, I'm looking around, I don't think there's any other Golden Girls book or item that you can literally use as you watch. Um, only mm-hmm. only thing that could be any different is if there was like a workbook, like, oh, give your thoughts about this episode and how do you feel if it was like a class or something. But <laughs> it literally is useful and not just, oh, let me add this to my collection. So um, I certainly appreciate it as a mega fan that you took this time. I I don't know how you did it. It probably took you years, but uh, certainly appreciate it. Oh, I started it. during quarantine. So I had... I was at home a lot and able to do that. <laughs> Ample time, um, definitely, to do something like that. But, again, um, I don't think there are many references that have not been in there. There's one I tweeted you about. I don't remember what it was, something little. But almost everything that I've looked up, I'm like, oh, it's in there, it's in there. It's almost like a game of, oh, will it be in the book? And typically, nine times out of ten, it is. Um, so definitely I've been trying to that. remember the ones I've forgotten. I know I forgot Slinky. I would assume everyone would know what a slinky is, but I guess they wouldn't. You know, not everyone. They probably do. But even like Coca Cola and like AT and T are in there, which we all know them. But then I thought, who am I to say we all know them, right? right. Mm. Well, that so I when appreciate. I submitted the manuscript, I was like, well, the editors can can take out what they don't think needs to be in there, but they didn't really take anything out. <laughs> well, that's even better that because if it was my book, I wouldn't have included it. But that's good because not everybody does know what it is. Um, I'm more so was like, what the hell is the PLO? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> that had me um, reaching for the book. So um, it's certainly one of my most used Golden Girls possessions. Maybe I need another one for me to actually look at because I feel like I have to have on gloves whenever I handle it. Um, <laughs> especially if you sign and I definitely am not going to want to do that. I still haven't read Rue McClinahan's book and I've had it since like 2007 or something because I'm like, oh, I don't want to mess the pages up. Um, so I may just have to get another one and then that'll be my official one to use. Um, but you will be at Golden Con with a booth, I believe. I will be there. I get to do some stuff with Diana Manoff, which has me dancing around in joy. You're like a kid (laughs) in a candy store. Um, so I am very excited to see all of this in person. Maybe I'll get to meet her. I don't know if if that's on the if on that that's uh, on the agenda, yes, thank you. Uh, but I look forward to meeting you and all the Golden Girls fans. I feel like it's the who's who of Golden Girls, and everyone who's anybody will be there. Not to say that if you're not there, you're nobody. Um, but hopefully, we can all meet up and do some stuff together. And this will be a yearly thing. I don't know, uh, but I definitely look forward to meeting you. I will be there with my book. Kay, I'm sure you're ordering yours right now. Right. I have three on. I have three already that oh. I've ordered. Oh, <laughs> wonderful, three wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to thank <laughs> you have no, for I, joining. I don't know how many to bring for the vendor table. You know? Never enough. As many as possible. 
Um, I was saying, because they said, I could have a table. I'm like, we don't sell anything. And I said, well, maybe I'll just bring my, my shrine. But in hindsight, I don't think I'm going to do all that. It looks like a lot of work. Um, so maybe we'll think of something to sell. Maybe we can sell two ugly to live signs to people and they can either get it on the pearls or the chain. Um, wow. We're, we're still, still brainstorming here. Um, but we do definitely thank you for taking the time to come. I feel like you're Golden Girls fandom royalty, you know, you and Chris, Absolutely. so many people that I'm like, wow, uh, they have time for our little show. So we certainly appreciate that. And, um, you're welcome to come back anytime, even if you don't want to talk about Empty Nest, if you just want to, um you know, talk about Shinola or, you know, various other things. You're certainly welcome. Um, but did you have anything else you wanted to add before we let you go? This is probably like a three hour episode at this point. No, I just want to say thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, shining the light on Empty Nest. It doesn't always get the love it deserves, but I'm happy to be the one to introduce people to it. I agree. It does not get the uh, attention that it deserves, much like the toilets when Margarita's cleaning them. So I <laughs> am definitely behind you. If you get a, a change.org petition or whatever, if you want to write President Biden, whatever you need, I support it. <laughs> now that I'm and into the show, I'm, I'm sucked in and YouTube is not sufficient. So no. we never got it on DVD either. And that technology's kind of passed. So it's a crime. streaming. You got to get it on streaming. I mean, I remember when they refused to get Golden Palace on there. Hopefully no one else has to die for this show to get on there. But at least, have you contacted Marsha Warfield? Have you heard from her? I did an interview with her, but I haven't contacted her about this. But, you know, she's back on TV now. She's right. time for me. Well, I think that's all the more reason. She's on 911, and, you know, people are seeing her on TV again. We got to make this happen. I feel like we need to, need to do this. Uh, but, again, thank you for coming. And as I always say on every episode. No, no. Thank, Thank you, you for being, for being wow. You just couldn't <laughs> let me have it. Not even in front of Matt. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with even more exciting guests. And soon we'll be in person with Matt and you'll get to see that too. To all you image consultants, OK Petunias, and fancy men out there, don't forget to follow So Good We Named It on Instagram and Twitter at So Good We Named It. And check us out at the very first Golden Girls convention, Golden Con, in Chicago, April 22nd through 24th. Go to thankyouforbeingafan.com for more information. And as always, thank you for being a friend. <laughs>